0: Welcome, this is EIG, Milwaukee's Philanthropic Community, with your host, Jill Economo, on News Talk 1130 WISN.
1: Welcome to Milwaukee's Philanthropic Community, brought to you by the Ellen Becker Investment Group. I'm your host, Jill Economo, and the Director of Community Outreach. At our home office in Pewaukee, we have a state-of-the-art education center where we host a number of different types of seminars for our clients and for the community as well. Not only are they financial-related, but they cover other areas of education as well. A huge part of the Ellen Becker philosophy is education, obviously with our clients, but also in our seminars and our radio shows. One of the topics we've featured a number of times is centered around this idea of leaving a legacy. What are some things you want to pass along to the next generation? And again, not just from a financial perspective, but what about concepts? What about values? What about life lessons? Today, we're going to learn about a nonprofit that deals with some of these things that we want to pass along to our kids. Things that will serve them well as they go through this adulting process and beyond, actually. Things like serving others, making a difference, practicing optimism, and developing grit. And then we'll talk with a local camp that works on developing these things and other things with at risk kids who have some challenging life circumstances. So today, my first guest is Kevin Manson, who is the local chapter president of the Lake Country Optimist Club. Welcome to the show, Kevin.
2: Thank you, and thank you very much for having us. This is a wonderful thing that the EIG radio program does for, for the community, so thank you.
1: You're certainly welcome. You are welcome. What a great name for a club. I mean, who doesn't want to be part of something with optimistic in its title, yeah. right? <laughs> what was it about this club that interested you, and, and why did you decide to start a local chapter here in the Lake Country area?
2: Well, it was a roundabout way. I, I was a teacher for many years, and during that, the teaching process of, of getting the most out of the kids, I saw a need to teach grit. And as time went on, the, the percentage of kids needing that grit was growing at a, a very large rate now there's plenty of kids out there that have tremendous grit and they're all good but there's still that segment that is um needs more grit so i spent a lot of time doing that and and i saw success with it so instead of just reaching you know my class i wanted to expand it and get a lot more kids so i started a company um called uh, Building Students, trying to get funding with that, okay. and I was unsuccessful. So I knew the Optimist uh, motto was Friends of the Youth, so I contacted their home office to join the Optimist Club, and there wasn't one.
1: So, in the Lake Country area? In the
2: Lake Country area. Okay. So two days later, um, I started started the process, and with the help of Vern Andrin, Diane Matuzak and Rose Schwartz, we chartered our club in March of this year.
1: Wonderful. Well, it takes entrepreneurial people like yourself to get things started, right? You yeah. know, we've got to step up and and you know, do something when, instead of thinking somebody else is going to do it, right? Yeah. Um so developing grit is a big part of the Lake Country Optimist Club, but what what is the club's mission overall?
2: The club's mission is by providing hope and positive vision to the members of this club this club will bring out the best in our youth, our members, and our community. So that's the overall mission statement for our um, Optimist Club. It is an international organization, and it started in 1911 in Buffalo, New York.
1: International or national?
2: International. International, International. wow, okay, okay. very large. Um, And they first started it to help troubled boys and get them back, you know, get them on the right track. Right now... um, the Optimist Club primarily is uh, it supports the youth in that community. It's also a customer service uh, program, but it's it's mainly it's it's function. What we do in our community is going to help the youth in our community.
1: Okay, so helping the youth is the is the primary thing. Sup-
2: okay. supporting the youth, and I do want to just um, we say a creed, the Optimist Creed, and I'm not going to say it now. But if you just Google Optimist Creed and just read that it's maybe 10 sentences, you'll get a good idea of what our club's about, and you'll feel better about yourself after you read it, too. Ah, so.
1: okay. Well, I would have asked you to recite it, but it's probably difficult to recite it by <laughs> by memory. But... I don't have it memorized. <laughs> <laughs> okay, well, tell us then, if the mission is to help the youth, help, help and support the youth, then, um, how do you accomplish that?
2: There's many programs that are that are a part of the Optimist Club. Um, one of them uh, is an essay uh, competition, oratorical um, communication uh, contest for the deaf and hard of hearing. There's also um, non-academic programs like golf, basketball, baseball. Um, there's, the list goes on and on. But the one thing that I do want to stress is that uh, while all these programs are available to every club, we do have uh, the unique ability to have uh, what we want to do in our community. So, whatever the needs are in a certain community, for whatever cl- you know district they're in or club their uh, area they're in, they can support whatever the needs are in in that community. So,
1: so maybe an urban issue might be, or an urban need might be different than a suburban need. Correct. Yeah. Okay.
2: So it's all what what we need. So. In my whole premise of starting this Optimist Club was to get a, a grit program within um, within the schools that that I'm familiar with, right right uh, in in my area. So in the Lake Country area. In the Lake Country area. Okay. So that's how the Lake Country Optimist Club kind of started. But there's a whole bunch more that you know we want to do not just the grit program and it's not just like my club for like the grit program it's what we need as a community and the more members that we have to to get those programs out there the better uh, serves our youth is going to be
1: sure so now were you a teacher in the lake country area
2: yeah Yes, okay. it was. At, okay.
1: At, Where did you teach?
2: At Stone Bank School.
1: Ah, okay. Yeah. All right. And so it made sense then to start something out in the Lake Country area with the hopes of then replicating that in other school districts. Correct. Yeah, which yep. we'll, ta- we'll talk about that a little bit later. But, um, well, I've heard GRIT defined many ways, but the one that I like best is actually an acronym. It stands for GUTs, Resilience, Integrity, and Tenacity. I've also seen it listed as uh, good riddance, it's over, which is kind of like a, it's done and over, now move on to the next thing, right? But I think the first acronym embodies a lot of what the Optimist Club is trying to share here. So stay tuned, and we're going to hear how the Lake Country Optimist Club actually helps with this grit mission of Kevin's. We will be right back.
0: Thanks for tuning in. This is EIG, Milwaukee's philanthropic community, with your host, Jill Economo, on News Talk 1130 WISN.
1: Welcome back. I'm Jill Economo, your host, and I'm talking with Kevin Madsen from the Lake Country Optimist Club. And joining us today in this segment is Jillian Race, who is a recent Arrowhead High School graduate who will be attending the University of Cincinnati this fall. First of all, congratulations on your graduation. Thank you. Uh, Before we get to Jillian, though, she's going to elaborate a little bit on this grit, but let's have Kevin talk to us a little bit more about what that is exactly. So, Kevin, explain uh, the program that you want to implement throughout the Arrowhead feeder schools.
2: Thank you. I will. Um, There are seven uh, feeder schools into the Arrowhead High School, and with this True Grit program, it's going to be for the the first two quarters of, of the of the academic year starting uh, this year, and it's the. The student in middle school that shows the most perseverance, grit in any area, it could be academic or non-academic. Oh, okay. Um, so it doesn't have to just be, you know, I'm behind on on math, um, and they took it upon themselves to study their math facts. They brought their math grade up. That would be an example. Another example could be, let's say, uh, a student just doesn't uh, – is afraid of being picked on at um, at, uh, at at recess, so he doesn't want to go outside at recess.
1: Because we know bullying is a big and it's, very real thing, unfortunately. It,
2: it's real, and uh, you know, it, and I can understand that kid feeling that way. Yeah. And so yeah. then you got to think, oh, okay, it, he's gonna either not confront it or in, and just keep hiding from it, or. Find a way to make it happen, so he could you know make sure that he's in close sight of a teacher. Make sure that the teacher knows to keep an eye out. talk to the teacher, you know, advocate for yourself mm-hmm. so those are ways that they could win in that particular school. so there's seven schools, and the winners of each school will win a twenty dollar visa card, and they'll receive a plaque. Those seven winners then have a chance to win the grand prize of $200, and that's a Visa card also.
1: Nice. I think a kid can figure out something to do with $200, right,
2: Jillian? Yes. Especially especially middle school. Um, But the prompt will be uh, life with grit or without grit. And they can present it in an essay form, um, a speech, a slideshow, a song, whatever way they want to do it. Um, the limit is five minutes, and after, and that would be presented at an Optimist Club meeting. the, oh, the okay. members would then um, choose the uh, the winner after that meeting is over. So, ah.
1: so if someone's involved in sports, they couldn't say, "Come and see my basketball game and see the guts or the resiliency or the integrity or the tenacity or any of those other things we talked about." It's got to be about grit.
2: It's got to be about the prompt, the life with or without grit. So, ah, yeah, okay. you could, you couldn't. I suppose there could be through acad- or um, athletics, but it's not, we're not going to get the whole club go to the middle school basketball game. Let's put it that way. <laughs> <laughs> Dang, you know, I could see a lot of people
1: just killing two birds with one stone. Just well, come and see me play. I
2: love basketball, but no.
1: <laughs> come on, your son was a football player, right? Yeah, he yeah, was. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. my so, daughter a basketball player too. Well, there so, you go, yeah. there you go. Yeah, come and see us in action. <laughs> You'll for sure see some grit. I mean, it's obvious to see it in a in a in a um, sports situation, it's, it's much easier. Um, yeah. But it obviously shows itself in the area of academics as well. You know, we talk again about um, tenacity. You know, if if you're striving for four or you know, striving for a certain goal, and you really need to stick to that in order to achieve that goal, that you know, that's an example of how you might be showing tenacity in some way. But well, Jillian, I'm sure your your situation is is well, could be possibly similar to a number of other kids your age. Tell us about your success with developing Grit and why you think it's so important.
3: So through my school years, I um, have struggled with dyslexia, and I never really liked to practice reading or never really enjoyed wanting to, you know, really get better at it because it just kind of made me feel bad about myself in mm-hmm. some ways and mm-hmm. just really let down um, But throughout my school years, I have definitely um, met some great teachers who have really helped me and taught me how to do and practice ways that I can get better at reading and, you know, really understand why it is so important um, now and for the rest of my life. Sure, yeah. And so going through middle school and high school – I've really, you know, taken the time to set aside, you know, hours or maybe even like just a few minutes where I can practice on my reading and practice on, you know, what I need to get done, like homework and or studying for tests. And um, I really think that I have been super successful now because I've been able to know what to do and know how to study now and know what reading techniques work for me, um, which has been able to um, help me graduate from high school. And now I will be going on to college at the University of Cincinnati. That is exciting. Yes.
1: And do you think you could have gotten to where you were without the help of of a teacher or some adult coming alongside you and helping you?
3: Yeah, definitely not. I mean, my teachers, they're All of them, they're so kind and so sweet and, you know, they... And supportive. Yes, and supportive. And they really have all opened their arms, like, to me and really helped me and gave me, you know, special techniques again and ways to really be successful, which I really appreciate it. I bet. And I think if you reach out and you
1: let it... First of all, I give you kudos for coming this far. That's awesome. Thank but you. also for opening your mouth, because how many times have we heard about a student that's struggling mm-hmm. and they don't tell anybody, right. mm-hmm. you know, I think the first step, like anything is just owning up to that. I mean, we all have something, right? Yes. You know, we all have some challenge or some adversity and first recognizing, you know what? I struggle with this. I need to tell somebody so that somebody can help you because unless they know they're not going to be able to help you. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right. Well, Thank you for sharing your story there. I mm-hmm. think it's great. And congratulations on developing that skill that you will now be able to, w- that helped you go through high school, as you said, mm-hmm. but now w- will now help you as you enter college. Yes. So that's wonderful. Thank you. Thank you for sharing your mm-hmm. story.
2: Yeah, and she's, um, you know, she talked about the support that she had. And I, I know there's great teachers out there, mm-hmm. but she doesn't give herself enough credit where she's the one that you know you can have support but she's the one that has to do it and right. she's the one that took the initiative to do it so absolutely and when we talked about having this show and um you know if you wanted to bring somebody in she was the first one I thought of so mm-hmm. and I'm glad she said yes to it cuz it is a little being it on can the be radio a little, can be a little intimidating you did a <laughs> yeah. great job Jillian yeah, absolutely. awesome
1: thank you awesome job well, we may have some opportunities for you to, you know, plug in some more as we go through the interview here. But um, so the club is a community service organization, as you explained in the mission statement, Kevin. Um, I understand it's a new club, at least in Lake Country, anyway. Yes. Mm-hmm. It's a national organization that's been around for a while. So, what are some of the community service events that the Lake Country Optimist Club has been involved with?
2: Well, we've only a little over three years old, um, or three years, three months old. Uh, but we did have a put on a chili dinner for the Heartland Fire Department. Uh, we supported the community preparedness event that was put on by the Heartland Police and Fire Department. Uh, we're uh, supporting the Lyme's Disease Awareness Walk and Run. We adopted a highway uh, for cleanup, and we will be in the the Heartland Parade. So, uh-huh,
1: very good for the Fourth of July.
2: It's it's going to be actually this Sunday, so it's on June thirtieth. But it's for the Fourth of July. Yeah, yeah.
1: Um, so you have a, lo- a number of local events that you participate in, which is awesome. Uh, so my question would be, then, how are the funds raised? You know, you talked about a lot of programs and scholarships that you mm-hmm. offer, but the money has to come from somewhere, right? So yeah, it's, where does it come from?
2: We uh, we actually uh, had a broad fry at the Heartland Piggly Wiggly, and we also had a... Um, a fundraiser that Culver's helped us uh, sponsor, uh, right at Culver's, where they we'd get a portion of their profits if we would clean tables and run meals out. Okay. So we did that. We're actually having a, a brat fry on uh, at at Cendex, uh and we're also having a our biggest one is a, a fundraiser that's tied to the NFL, where every week of the season you get a four teams and you have a chance to win. Uh, that's a big, you know. It, Within our district, that's a big one each and every year. Well,
1: you told me about that when we met, the first time we met, like this fantasy football idea. I've never been involved with anything like that, but I know there are a lot of people that are. So if that's your thing, it's an opportunity for you to get involved. Um, So because you're relatively new, uh, you're probably looking to add to your membership base, right? Um, How can people learn more about the Lake Country Optimist Club and how can they get involved?
2: Well, the more members that we have – the more that we can, you know, more programs that we can uh, provide for our youth. So um, they can visit us at Facebook, Lake Country Optimist uh, Club. They can go on the website, optimist.org. They can call me, uh, 414-852-0347, or kmatson at kw.com. And I know that was a lot there, but... The the key thing is that the more people that we have, it's not only going to, you know, supporting our youth is number one, but it's also going to make our community a, a better place to be. Sure, yeah, it has so, a domino effect. Yeah, yeah, so... Lake, uh, Lake Country Optimist Club, our Facebook, is probably a, a good place to start.
1: And that'll give dates on events that you have coming up That's uh, correct. at any given time. Okay, so you had mentioned that um, when someone wants to present, uh, do some kind of presentation, that they do so at a meeting. So how often and where do you meet?
2: We meet, actually, we had our chili dinner at the Heartland Fire Department, so they offered the... The fire department, so that's where we meet. Oh, very good. It's one time; it's the third Wednesday of every month, um, and it's one hour. It's the meetings aren't long, so it's it's not a big time commitment, um, and it's uh, it's it's a great facility. And and I can't stress this part enough, though. When you become you know with the Optimists, everyone there they're such quality people. I mean, our members are just outstanding, high integrity, just great people to be around. So it's not only you know the camaraderie of the members, but then you also have the service that you're doing also. So sure. it's, yeah. it's fun.
1: Wonderful. Well, thank you, Kevin, uh, for all you do and, st- and for starting the club out here in Lake Country and for sharing your passion and your experience with the youth in our area. Thank you, Jillian, for participating in our interview today. One more time, quickly, contact information.
2: Contact information is um, Facebook, Lake Country Optimist Club. Or you can go to uh, optimist.org. Or you can, for more information about our club, you can call me at 414 852 0347 or email K M A T T S O N at KW.com, Madsen at com.
1: Okay, Kevin Madsen for the Lake Country Optimist Club. Thank you again for being here today. No, thank you. You're welcome. I said before how wonderful it is to leave a legacy for our kids in a number of different ways, but it just doesn't have to be with your own kids. An example is Kevin, who is expanding his reach and sharing his experience with local kids in hopes of instilling some great lessons, um, life lessons, really, and some great values. Our next guest is going to share how they are imparting wisdom and leaving a legacy for at-risk kids who find themselves in challenging life situations. We'll be right back after a short break.
0: You're listening to EIG, Milwaukee's philanthropic community, with your host, Jill Economo, on News Talk 1130 WISN.
1: Welcome back to Milwaukee's Philanthropic Community, brought to you by the Ellen Becker Investment Group. I'm your host, Jill Economo. My next guest is Julie Holsley, who is the director for the Heartland Chapter of Royal Family Kids. And with her today is Hamido El shafei who has been a camp counselor for the camp for the last three years. Thank you for joining me today, Julian Hamido. Thank you very much for having us, Jill. We really appreciate that. We're uh, excited to have you here and to learn more about uh, the Royal Family Kids. I interviewed a few other camps on the show, and each one had a unique differentiator in, to, in, in terms of who they serve. So explain to us what Royal Heartland Royal Family Kids is and what kind of kids are invited to the camp. Heartland Royal Family Kids is a, a special organization that helps
4: children who have been abused and neglected, children... Um, in, that have been abandoned children in foster care or at risk uh for being in foster care some are in kinship um their moms and dads aren't there necessarily and these are children who um i've explained it one time to one camper as this is a camp for kids who have had bad things happen to them mm. that we try and help them heal
1: Wonderful. So, you know, you're talking about kids that have vulnerable backgrounds. You know, mm-hmm. how how do you ensure that these kids are well taken care of? I mean, the, the, maybe they don't have parents uh, checking up on, on them or wanting to know. You know, I know some parents who can be helicopter parents and want to know every little thing that's happening at camp. But, right. you know, how do you ensure either for the parents or for the caregiver, maybe that's mm-hmm. a better word, um, that the kids are going to be well taken care of. The way the camp is structured, we have one counselor
4: to every two campers. So that oh, creates a ratio. really safe ratio. Yeah. It's also uh, we ensure a two-deep rule, which we we call that rule, um, which ensuring that there are no two adults ever left alone, never two children left alone. There's always people with everyone is in with eyesight of one another throughout the entire um, s- time of the camp
1: okay all right well take us through a typical day what what does a typical day look like at (laughs) at uh, uh, royal family kids camp
4: it is a crazy day Um, because in a good way right it is in a good way it's a very (laughs) good way Uh, we have to be very flexible with these kids Um, we have a group time together during the week of camp and the group time is has a lot of singing and um, uh, learning about um, historical figures that possibly that they can relate to. Okay. Um, we also have a lot of play time at camp. This um, One of the things that makes us unique is that from other camps is that these children a lot of time will go to our dress-up center or costume center. Um, they will end up wearing Spider-Man all week or a policeman's uniform or they'll dress up as princesses or kings or... Um, uh, any any type of creativity that they can do. We have tents that is simply is full of Barbies, or one that's full of sand that they can sit and um, catch frogs and put frogs all in there. Um, the purpose of this is to allow them to be free of all their anxieties and just play. Because uh, many of these children um, have become adultified or they're worried about where things are coming from, um, like their next meal, or am I going to be safe at night, and um, and this type of thing.
1: Speaking of that, Mm -hmm. I know that uh, Giannis Antetokounmpo, a recent, um, we celebrated him for MVP. Yes. Yay, Giannis, way to go. (laughs) Um, But he talks about... um, not in his acceptance speech, but he mm-hmm. talks about how he's involved with um, different causes and how poverty was a, a something for him back in Greece. And so he reaches out to kids. And so right. do you ever have celebrity drop-ins, you know, where maybe somebody, because maybe a child is dealing with that and to have, like you said, to have someone come alongside them or mm-hmm. to... You know, to meet with them and say, this is how it was for me, but, you know, look at what I've been able to accomplish kind of thing.
4: I would love to have celebrity uh, people come and talk. Um, I have not yet. Um, The one thing that I have done uh, trying to connect with community is to invite uh, Waukesha County sheriffs and all the area police departments to come. Um, They actually give a police escort to the children at camp. And um, to them, uh, I was trying to rebuild the relationship because in the child's eyes, many times the police are the ones who either take their moms and dads away or trouble has come or they've taken them away and so even on the first day of camp um, when the kids are still at the church getting ready to go to camp the bus is there and i tell them that the police are here to to help us and the one little boy had told me he said he said why have we been bad
1: Aww. and i said
4: oh no 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 i said do you remember how seeing like when the president comes and i said the police line up the streets and they want everybody to know how important you are and i said that's what that is exactly why the police come, yeah. because you guys are very important, and they want um,
1: to help you. That's you know. a great way to look at it. We need to yeah. change that perception, right? Absolutely, that negative perception. Right, and turn right. it around. Absolutely. Yep. Yeah. Um, I have interviewed the Brewers and the Bucks, uh, their philanthropic arms, and they they mm-hmm. say that you know their players are reaching out in the community in various ways. So you may have you may have a, a something to, to a go-to, you know, another idea for maybe celebrity drop-ins or something. We would definitely welcome that. (laughs) (laughs) Even though uh, your camp is only uh, one week a year, I imagine Mm -hmm. there's a lot of planning that goes into that preparation. Tell us about that. A lot of planning. We
4: have a lot of uh, fundraisers. Um, We have, we're collecting items that the children would need as well. Um, One of our um, needs, of course, are counselors. Oh, okay. And um, because because of our ratio of having only one uh, counselor to every two campers. Okay. So that creates
1: um, a really big need there. Yeah. And we're going to give Hamido a voice here in the next segment to yes. talk more about yes. the counselors. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, so it takes place one week a year, usually Correct. in late August. Late right? August.
4: Yep. It's okay. it's uh, We have it right before school starts, which is really nice because it gives the kids off a great experience. To be able to start their school year being encouraged and uh, feeling, hey, I'm not alone. There are other kids like me. It helps gives them a chance to learn how to build friendships as well.
1: Nice. And that, you know, we talk about that. uh, That was kind of my lead into the show, talking about leaving a legacy for kids. Absolutely. It doesn't only have to be our kids. And it doesn't have to only be financial. You know, you want to leave... You know, life lessons and values. And if some of these kids don't have an adult in their lives that can do that, you know, others have to step up.
4: Absolutely. It's us trying to help them and and hopefully instilling enough positive memories in their life and moments to try and change their life trajectory and to help them um, to break that cycle of abuse that can happen if if people um, in their lives aren't positive enough, uh, the role models. Yeah.
1: And I imagine these at-risk kids really don't have an opportunity to get away to a camp. You know, it's, we talk about with summer uh, how many camps are available and who mm-hmm. they serve, and uh, you know. But there's a group of kids that really don't have the opportunity to take take advantage of that, and all the things that that uh, all the great things that camp teaches you, right? Right. So, it, is is your camp free to these kids who so desperately need it? And if it, so, where does that support come from?
4: Yep, it is free to the, each camper. Um, our support comes from the community, which is. Um, just by different fundraisers and um, everything <laughs> uh, different fundraisers and things going on um, we have pancake breakfast at applebee's um, in the springtime
1: Ooh, i want to come yeah <laughs> applebee's, and, and we yeah, try yeah, and raise some more places. money yep <laughs> by that
4: um, we try little things um, we also have in the fall we have a 5k um, called lace up and uh, that's where we try and raise the majority of our money, and so we're trying to get that growing each year.
1: Okay, and so all that information is on your Facebook page or it your website, or correct, yeah. Facebook page and the website, which is rfk. dot org. Oh, that's easy to remember, mm-hmm. rfk. dot org. Correct, and that will, and then you just what? Click on Heartland Chapter, or how do you get to the Heartland piece?
4: You would, uh, I've. Gone through all the way, like going through the state of Wisconsin, because there are six royal family kids camps oh, okay. in Wisconsin,
1: and the, the the locations are non-disclosed. Correct? The location of purposes. the
4: campgrounds are not. Okay. Correct. Okay. Right. Okay. We don't tell you where we're going to camp, but. Um, Everything is done on the website. You'll find out that it is done through Oakwood Church in Heartland. Um, That's where the children all go to register, and then the bus takes us there to our
1: campground. Wonderful, Mm -hmm. wonderful. So now we know the who, the what, and the when of Royal Family Kids, but what about the why? Why? We're big on the why here at Ellen Becker. We always want to know why people do what they do. So stay tuned to hear who is volunteering for this camp and what qualifications and training they need. We'll be right back.
0: Thanks for tuning in. This is EIG, Milwaukee's philanthropic community, with your host, Julie Economo, on News Talk 1130 WISN.
1: Welcome back to Milwaukee's Philanthropic Community, brought to you by Ellen Becker Investment Group. I'm your host, Jill Economo, Director of Community Outreach, and I'm joined in the studio today by Julie Holsley and Hamido El-Shafei. So, um, Hamido, we want to hear from you now. Talk Mm -hmm. to us about this volunteering as a camp counselor. How did you become involved with Royal Family Kids?
5: Uh, About three years ago, I was working for a company, and uh, one of the individuals that I worked day-to-day with, I was an intern, And uh, she recommended the camp to me because her cousin actually was uh, volunteering for the camp. Uh, Some sort of time later, (laughs) I found myself meeting Miss Julie, and she was wondering where I came from as I came out of the blue. Um, I was 20 at the time, very nervous. I'm 23 now. Uh, Very nervous, showed up to camp, and... I gave it my all, um, and two years later, yeah, uh, here I am back. I have two kids now, adopted from the camp. Oh, um, wonderful! And so, not legally adopted, but legal guardian, sure, and sure. so they, I am in caretaking of them. They both came from the camp. Um, it's uh, it's been an experience that I've carried on for quite a long time, um, and I continue to reach back out. Um, it's a great organization that you can't really find anything like. Um, I do see the impact that it's made in both of my children's life. Um, they continue to talk about it, and when they do turn of age, they want to return as counselors. Mm-hmm. And so there is that cycle of they do feel like it made a difference. Yeah. Um, oftentimes we have conversations on a car ride, if we're going up north or something, oh, remember that one time at camp? Or, oh, remember this? Or they have picture books that each camper is allowed to take. There's only pictures that are taken uh, by the camp uh, photographer per se Mm -hmm. that those pictures don't go with anybody but the camper after the camp they're gone You can't Mm -hmm. see them only the kids have them Uh, both my children have their books though And so they often They'll find it randomly and be like oh remember when we did this and show me different pictures of me and them of course (laughs) But it's uh, it's a great memory Um, They hadn't they didn't have many things when they came with me, but they had their clothes and those books And so it it is something important to them and it is something that they cherish. But we try to provide that one part of their life that they can look back on and say, there is somebody that does love me. If my family can't take care of me and I am in this system is there an out for me or is there other people? And that's what we try to provide for them.
1: Wow. Mm-hmm. Did you have a life experience that prompted you to get involved or are you just, I mean, um, my goodness, I'm actually you 20 <laughs> years old. and decided. Yeah.
5: I was actually running, uh, I run a the youth basketball division at West Dallas central. And so okay. I've always been involved with the youth and trying to give back. And so this was something that a, I love summer camp as a kid. So I was like, Oh, this is awesome. B I've, was an intern, so I had no schedule. And it was the last week of summer, and I was like, mm, why not? I was graduating from Marquette, and so I was like, I'm done with school, let's give it a go. Gosh, and so wow, what, and it, what a it, great it, example. It, right, it does put a lot of things in perspective. After that camp, that week is, is very not physically taxing on you maybe if your camper is uh is one that <laughs> loves to play and <laughs> we do have some kids who like to run off and someone's got to follow them so oh, okay. sometimes it is physically daunting but it is emotionally um it, it affects you a lot more than you think but when you do return to i guess you could say, normal life it um it gives it puts a lot of things in perspective and makes you think differently yeah um during that week you don't have access to your phone there is no phones there's nothing and so you kind of get to zero yourself and really understand what what you're truly doing and what your passions are. Mm. Um, If you see a kid pick up a fishing rod or you see a kid learning something or an arts and craft or something, and you're passionate about that, you can shed that light with them and they don't, not many of them get that opportunity. Um, And And it's
1: wonderful to share your passion. Mm -hmm. You know, we talk a lot about passion on this show sure. and how we want to help people understand all the different ways that they can align their passion with a nonprofit. And you, right. you're a great example of that. You know, kudos sure. to you. At 23, you've got <laughs> two adopted children from the Royal Family Kids <laughs> family. I mean, that's that's absolutely wonderful. So if I were to ask you, does one week at Royal Family camp, Kids camp really make a difference, you would answer?
5: Absolutely. <laughs>
1: emphatically, <laughs> yes. Yeah. Um, Well, what would you say then, either one of you, to uh, someone out there who might be contemplating getting involved in something like this?
5: I would say if you're even at the slightest bit thinking about it, you can take in many different roles. Uh, At camp, we have counselors who are there 24-7. We do have individuals who are night staff. We do have individuals who come in and uh, we have a group that does plays for us. Um, There's a lot of different ways you can impact it. Uh, The company I work for We can't give a lot of resources they give my resource but they also donate um they help purchase the gifts that we give to kids so every week we do have a birthday party on a wednesday so if that kid didn't have a birthday in foster care they're able to have a birthday party oh how nice and so oftentimes we find organizations that want to give back but they don't know how or they're too busy and they don't have time to Mm -hmm. expand um i think everybody at camp has also thought about being a foster parent at one point, if this is something that you think about or you want to explore more on, there's no better time to help out a camp, experience what foster care could potentially be for a week. And make your decision. Um, if, even if it's not for you, you're going to want to come back. Uh-huh. Um, there's a lot of kids who have campers, or not kids, excuse me. A lot of counselors who have kids for multiple years, okay. and those kids look for those counselors. I um, imagine they know how to deal with them. They know how their little caveats. They know what they try to do, and it's it's a real experience. Uh, we have okay. one who's had a, a counselor for six years, or a kid for six years. So oh. much much longer than me, much more dated, um, <laughs> but he he loves them. He, he yeah. shows them that that uh, there is somebody else out there. There that is cares he about is you, yeah. right and, and sees these, you and says you're absolutely. important. They you have know? a special bond. And yeah. most of those kids do. don't get that, and so yeah. they they think, oh, my parents don't love me. That's <laughs> the end of it, and that's not. They, yeah. some of the times they do have that other opportunity, but they may shy it away. And so at Royal Family Kids, we we try to give them that opportunity to say, hey, look. There is other people in this world that do love you. You do have an opportunity, and you do matter to us. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's
1: awesome. That relationship is just really key. right. That right. piece is key. We d-
4: we do have a training, so if you feel like oh I'm not qualified, um, we we sit everyone down for an interview, and do um, online training they get, and, and then they also come and do an all group all camp training prior to coming to camp. Okay. So everyone feels as well. We we also have we also have some uh, child behavior specialists that are there at camp. Okay. So kinda to help them during the day de-escalate and um, try to help the counselors maybe see through if there's any issues or anything to understand and really help the counselors along. Okay.
1: we know, there's a lot of businesses that are stepping up to the plate now. Mm -hmm. They want to do these team building activities with, um, you know, you're going to do them anyway. Why not do it with a nonprofit organization that aligns with your, your values and your core, your core concepts and values at the company. So, if if there's an organization out there, a company that wants to donate their time or do a do a, a company wide um, uh, day or half a day, whatever, and it aligns with the week that you guys are having camp, are mm-hmm. they can they do that or? do they have to go through like a training process as well? Um,
4: If they come in as visitors, there is a special form that they need to um, have. um, Kind of with the understanding of these are children in foster care, there is a confidentiality clause that they need to realize um, because these children are valued and they are protected. So we really uh, need for them to do that. But we have had some groups come out and maybe help us with our birthday party. We have had some groups come out and do an improv um with the kids while the rest of us are busy packing up camp sure um, we seems also- like there's
1: always something to do right?
4: there are yeah. there's
1: always <laughs> lots of things to do they can pick up right. trash anybody can pick up trash
5: and put picnic they, tables they can make us in. coffee there's oh there coffee you go needed. there you go yeah yeah
4: we also have uh some, some of the older gentlemen um from a bible study had contacted us and wanted to come and do a special wood project with the kids. Oh, nice! So, that speaking was of that, nice. that makes
1: me mm-hmm. think. You know, royal family yes. kids. I mean, yeah. is it? Are you a? Uh, um, are you an, uh, uh, a Christian organization?
4: It is a faith-based organization. Okay.
1: Absolutely,
4: these children need to know that their heavenly Father, who created
1: them, loves them and has a purpose for their life. Absolutely, that's wonderful. Mm-hmm. Well. You have a number of call-to-action items, mm-hmm. you know, throughout the interview that we can pick up on. But what would you say is your greatest need for keeping the camp going? Our greatest need right now for keeping
4: the camp uh, going is to actually recruit and hang on to some counselors, especially men, um, like Amito here. <laughs> absolutely. <laughs> I don't have he answered, yet. <laughs> <laughs> he answered the call, which is great. Um, guys that just want to come and spend some time with... Um, two little campers and um, their ages are six to 12 years old and a lot of different activities do during the day come with absolutely no expectations because if you think you've got a plan
1: miss julie's gonna change (laughs) it on you (laughs) and i imagine you said six through twelve correct if you're developing and nurturing this relationship with these kids, mm-hmm. it probably doesn't stop when they stop going to camp, right? I mean, you can still reach out with, go do, th- like a big brother type of situation. That's one thing that we're
4: trying to recruit. Uh, Royal Family does have a mentorship club. And okay. um, what we are um, also having are, are Christmas parties for the children. Oh, so we nice. get to see them then at least at Christmas time. And then oh, and then as good. we continue growing,
1: we can get this mentorship uh done. So that's another so, way people can support your mission is absolutely. by um, cash donations to help. Cash with donation
4: the is huge Christmas right now. And, it, yeah. it takes roughly around $35,000 a year just to host this one week of camp. Wow. With all the different activities that we have. Uh, we have had one group sponsor all the horseback riding for camp. Okay. Uh, we've had one sponsor all the banana boat riding you know which we don't have somebody this year yet doing that. Also the cost of the bus, transportation Okay. is a huge expense.
1: So a number of ways that people Correct. can step up and help. And, Absolutely. And kids uh, or people can sign up online as well, right? Yes. Yep. Okay. Um,
4: all my contact information is rfk.org. Um, just go through Heartland and then you'll see all the information. Yep. Okay. Yep. Awesome. You can download applications as well Okay. for well, campers or for
1: counselors. Great. Mm -hmm. Well, thank you, Julie and Hamido, for all you do at Royal Family Kids Camp to help at-risk kids understand their value, right? And how, despite their life circumstances, they can be a productive, contributing, happy member of society. So thank you for being here with us today. I also want to thank Kevin Madsen from Lake Country Optimist Club. Thank you all for sharing how you contribute to leaving a legacy for countless kids and really make a difference in their lives. If you'd like further information about what we talked about today or who we've talked with uh, or you're a nonprofit and would like to be a guest on the show, you can email me at jill at ellenbecker.com or you can call our office at 262-691-3200. There are a lot of ways to listen to the show besides tuning in on the radio. You can use your laptop or your iPad. You can tune in via the iHeartRadio app or you can ask Alexa to play WISN AM 1130. If you missed a show, you can just visit our website at ellenbecker.com or you can listen now on demand at Spotify, Stitcher, Google Play, or Apple Podcast. Join us next Sunday morning to learn more about some great people, great organizations that are doing great things and making a huge impact in our community. Find a way to be a blessing and give a blessing. Have a wonderful Sunday.